0: Hello and Happy New Year, everybody out there. This is the Big Recon on Sports 2021 college football playoff preview. And as I said, first, Happy New Year. Um, this will not be a very long show because my old butt made it to midnight and I need to get a nap in before my boys take on Clemson tonight in the Sugar Bowl. So just a quick score update for you guys. There are a couple games going on right now. At With about 11 minutes or so left in the first half, Northwestern. Has a 14-0 lead on Auburn. And at the half, Cincinnati. Former Buckeye Luke Fickle and Cincinnati are up 14-10 to on the University of Georgia. I hope the little guy takes the SEC to the woodshed. So something new with today's broadcast. Because I'm actually not only doing it on the Facebook and YouTube channels. But I'm also doing this on Twitter through Periscope. So I hope everybody who's on Twitter uh, that sees this. I hope you have a good first episode with me. I'm actually checking the Twitter feed right now to see if it's on. Um, don't quite know how to find it. So let me see if I can go on here and look. All right, cool. So it's there. Um, so here we are again for the second year in a row. Uh, Clemson will play Ohio state this time in the sugar bowl. So, Let's first dive into the Rose Bowl, which, of course, with the new COVID laws in the state of California, it was moved to Texas and is being played at AT AT&T Stadium, where you will have the number 1 Alabama Crimson Tide against the number 4 Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, I could dive into this game, and I could take a long time, and I could break down stats, and I could do all that stuff, so I'm not going to because this is going to be a beatdown. As good as Notre Dame has looked all year, Alabama, compared to Notre Dame, is just a different animal. But I do have a couple of ways Notre Dame can win this game. And I'm going to start up front. Alabama's teams they've played this year have not really run the ball well against their defense. Their defensive front's been pretty stout all year. Um, Brad Nessler said it actually six years ago today. Notre Dame or uh, Alabama may not be the best pass rushers, but they are stout against the run and Ian Book and that running back core for Notre Dame are going to have a hard time getting going today. Uh, The defense of Alabama has been great. Hasn't really, early in the season, got burned in a couple of games in the secondary, but found ways to win. Um, So I I think Notre Dame is not only going to win, I think they're going to cover and they're going to blow this team out. Um, But look, these are the four best teams in the country right now. Uh, There are arguments made for other teams, but I'm sorry. These are the four best teams in the country. You're talking about the teams with the best loss and the best win in the country in Clemson and Notre Dame. And you're talking about two undefeated conference champions in Ohio State and Alabama. It doesn't get any better than this. So the committee got it right. And yes, I'm a little biased because my team is playing tonight in a college football semifinal. But in all, I think they got it right. Having said that, let's get into the nightcap, the Sugar Bowl. The game that everybody in Scarlet and Gray wanted since the clock went triple zero in the desert last year after Ohio State was hijacked out of the Fiesta Bowl and a shot at Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers in the Dome to play for the national championship. Now, yes, some of this sounds like sour grapes because I'm an Ohio State fan, but I will say this. One, Ohio State lost that game on their own by kicking field goals in the red zone when they got in there. They should have scored touchdowns. Two, Yes, that was a catch and a fumble. And three, Sunshine lowered his head into that hit. That was not targeting. So those are the three games, things from last year. These are two very different teams from last year. Here is the big difference. Ohio State lost more than Clemson did year over year going into the draft and what have you. If you think about some of the names Ohio- that made big plays for Ohio State last year, you had Jeffrey Okuda, uh, Jordan Fuller, Sean Wade, but he's no longer there, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins, K.J. Hill. These are all guys who left and are now balling out in the NFL. Don't forget Damon Arnett, the other corner. So this is a different Ohio State defense that lost a lot of firepower, and it's a different Ohio State offense because until last week, we didn't know if we had a home run hitter in the backfield. Now we know. So how do they beat Clemson? Well, here's how they beat Clemson. They beat Clemson three ways and it's very simple. The first one I'm going to start on defense and that is gap control. Trevor Lawrence has burned teams this year by being more by being an athletic quarterback and being able to use his legs. He has not not that he is not. All of his highlight throws have come on blown coverages or the secondary just doesn't have anybody that can keep up with his wide receivers. Having said that he is still the number one pick in the draft. He will go to Jacksonville to restart the Jags franchise, but I don't think Clemson's as good as people think they are. And yes, again, sour grapes because I'm an Ohio state fan, but I want, I I want to list guys. Listen to this. This is an offensive line that had trouble with Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They, they, are not running the football as well as they did a year ago. Then again, a year ago, Travis Etienne only had 60-some yards in the in the semifinal game. Trevor Lawrence led them in rushing because the gap control for Ohio State in a couple of plays was not very good. So gap control is first. Let that front seven eat. Let them do the things they have done all year and keep Lawrence, keep tabs on them. I don't know if you have to spy with maybe a uh Pete Werner or if you have to spy with Tough Borland or even if you have to spy with Baron Browning. But you've got to have gap control. You cannot let him you have to set the edge. You cannot let him get outside or even get a lane inside because he is fast enough and strong enough to break tackles and get things done. Secondly, you have to take you have to win the game up front, in the trenches, on the line of scrimmage, on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, I have said this every single game I've had the chance to preview for Ohio State and the Browns, who I will be doing on Sunday. But here's the deal. You cannot beat Clemson and not win the line of scrimmage. When Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the year, they were the more physical team. They were the ones who won the line of scrimmage, and as good as the backup quarterback was, He didn't have enough with him to get the job done. So, how does Ohio State win the line of scrimmage? Well, here's how. Sorry, I'm very dry today. Here's how you win the line of scrimmage. You let the horses eat. That is a very, very good offensive line that Ohio State has. Northwestern was in the top five in rush defense in the country. And not everybody's had the same season. I get that. But to be that good, to be in the top five in rush defense in the country, in the Big Ten where they run the football probably more than anybody else, that's saying something. And Trey Sermon gashed them for 331 yards, breaking the all-time record in the Big Ten championship game. And yes, this is the 2020 Big Ten championship game. champion. This is the Big Ten championship hat. So I already ordered it, and it got here. I was supposed to be until January 11th, and it got here early. I was pumped. So having said that, if they win the game up front, you have a quarterback, and now with Chris Olave back, two wide receivers who can get open against basically everybody. You have Jackson Smith and Jigba back, and you still have um, the rest of those kids that played with Garrett Wilson in that Big Ten Championship game without Chris Olave. Now, the Bucs didn't throw the ball well because Northwestern wanted to stop the air attack, and that's how Trey Sermon was able to get the ball in his hands, and do a lot of his damage up the middle. Wyatt Davis is an All-American offensive lineman for Ohio State. He has been playing outstanding. This isn't a mismatch that I think Ohio State can exploit because they are so much better up front than Clemson's defensive line is, or has shown over the year. It's not to say Clemson's a slouch on defense because Brent Venables is going to draw up stuff to try and confuse Justin Fields, and to try and make life harder for Ohio State on the offensive side of the ball. So besides gap control, how does Ohio State beat Clemson on the defensive side of the ball? You have to be good in your coverage, and I think the challenge this week is going to be tougher for Kerry Coombs and the defensive staff than any point in time this year. Because you have to contend with good guys on the outside, although they lost a bunch in the draft. You have to contend with ETN coming out of the backfield. That's more linebackers than defensive backs. But if you can play bend but don't break defense, this is a beatable team. These two teams are very, very similarly talented. I think the younger talent for Ohio State gives them a little bit of an edge on the offensive side of the ball. But again, I don't watch Clemson a bunch. I think the 7.5 points is a little much, but what do I know? I don't go to Vegas for stuff. I don't do stuff like that, so the 7.5 points is the 7.5 points. So how else can Ohio State win this game? Well, they can do what they did against Northwestern in the second half, and that is control the clock by running the football. I know Fields is a top NFL prospect. I know he has elite passing numbers in his two seasons at Ohio State. You're talking about a guy who in 2 years in see so he played th- 14 games last year played 6 in 20 games he's got 8 interceptions. And that's because he had two bad a bad game. But I think Ohio State needs to basically channel Woody Hayes to, tonight. They have to run the ball. They have to grind this game out. Because if you limit the time Trevor Lawrence is on the field, you're going to break some big plays. And you're going to break big plays, not only in the running game, but also in the passing game. When you are going up against a team that is so much different when one guy is on the field, your goal is to keep that guy off the field. So that's how you beat Clemson, in my opinion. You control the clock, you win the battle up front, and you don't make big mistakes on defense. That's basically how Ohio State should have won that game last year because they made the big plays on defense. I don't know if their defensive secondary has the firepower to make the big plays on defense this year. But listen, I think this game's be better than people think it is. The chip on the shoulder coming out of Columbus and on Ryan Day and Justin Fields and those boys who all played in that Fiesta Bowl last year and lost it on a bad call and a blown route, They're ready for this game today. This game, if you didn't watch, if anybody has watched the Ohio State Sugar Bowl trailer, you're going to want to run through a wall. I shared it on my own Facebook page yesterday, and that was yesterday or the day before. And that was the caption. Now I want to go run through a wall. This is going to be a great game. And I am so pumped to be able to sit my big TV and watch this game tonight. There's something different about college football bowl season. And there's something different about the Sugar Bowl. Because if you think about it, Ohio State's had some big moments in the Sugar Bowl. We go all the way back to the one that they had to forfeit because of what went down with Jim Trestle and beating Arkansas and getting the SEC monkey off their back. And then you have what happened six years ago tonight in the Sugar Bowl, in the first ever college football playoff against the number one team in the country as a seven and a half point dog. Do you see the similarities? A Big Ten championship that put them in the playoff. A hot running back. An accurate quarterback. A defense that is much maligned, but has talent. I'm not saying they're going to do what they did to Alabama six years ago. But I am going to tell you this game is going to be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. My prediction for today, (laughs) Buckeyes in an upset. They win it by three. I'm going to call it 34-31. Blake Hallbill hits a late kick. Who should be the new kicker for the Browns? So just real quick, to go over my keys to the game again, win the battle up front. You have to control the line of scrimmage, especially against a team like Clemson, because They haven't been behind the sticks very much. So on defense, you can't let them get the second and short or second and medium. And on offense, you have to be able to run the football. On defense, gap control. Don't blow assignments. Keep the guy in front of you. Play the bend, but don't break defense. And you can get some possessions back for your offense. And on the offensive side of the ball, grind the clock. Play keep away from the number one pick in the draft. You're going to get two Heisman finalists in a row if you win today, because Devontae Freeman's probably going to win it. But you get Trevor Lawrence tonight. Keep him off balance. Hit him when you can. And if you can't, get a hand up. Stop the ball from being out of his hand quickly. Gap control. Don't blow coverage. That is how Ohio State wins tonight. And next week's a crapshoot again. And next game's a crapshoot against whoever wins that first one. Like I said, I think it's going to be Alabama. If I had to put numbers to it, I'd like Alabama to score about 45 points tonight, maybe give up 21. So a 45 21 win for Alabama, a 34 31 win for Ohio State. That sets up the national championship game to be Alabama against Ohio State, which I will preview the night of the national championship game. So, I only wanted this to be about 15 between fifteen and 20 minutes. This was not going to be a long episode. The long episode is Monday night. Monday night, 9 p.m. on all three spots. Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. The boys are back. Tone, Alex, and I will bring you a baseball hot stove. Please, let the Mets have signed George Springer by then. Sunday morning, I will bring you a Browns pregame live for Week 17. Where, very simply, win and you're in. So the countdown is on. We are now with this one at episode 95. 96 is Sunday, 97 is Monday. 98 will hopefully be a college football playoff championship preview. 99 will hopefully be a Cleveland Browns playoff preview. And 100, of course, will be the Michael Jordan LeBron debate. As I will bring that to you live, I will announce it at least a week in advance. As always, Big Recon can be found now on Periscope, live on Twitter, uh, YouTube, Big Recon on Sports, uh, Facebook, Big Recon on Sports, the Twitter handle's at Big Recon on Sport if you don't remember, Uh, Google, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and as always, as a proud member of the Timeskew Podcast Network, all episodes can be found at timeskew.com. It's a big one tonight. I can hear the band. O-H. Go Box. Sugar Bowl after the Rose Bowl tonight. It's time for me to take a nap, guys, because I'm not going to make it if I don't. Have a great rest of your weekend. Happy New Year to everybody, and I will see you Sunday morning for Brown's Pregame Live. Take care.